magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up? And welcome to the Touch Arcade Show, episode number 564. Uh, this is my, I don't know, I guess I'm disheveled today. Haven't showered yet, had a crazy oh. morning, running around frantic. And then Eli's like, let's do a podcast. And I look at the clock, and I'm like, oh my God. I just it's took late a shower. Already. I'm whatever the opposite of disheveled is. Even Jealous. I look the same. <laughs> I have a really hard time functioning if I don't shower. I'm like, yeah, I am. Um, I've got friends that are really into uh, whatever you call the kind of camping where you like backpack in somewhere, like you you know mm-hmm. get all your shit together, walk like all day, mm-hmm. camp somewhere really remotely for a day or two, and then walk out. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, dude, I can't. I feel like on day two. Of mm-hmm. like being in the woods, I would be so miserable without the ability to like use a sink and stuff. Yeah. You know, That's, like yeah. I don't know. I'm sure yeah. it'd be a lot of fun, but it's just like because I'm the same way. Like I, I I if I ever like go like a full day without showering for one reason, or like I wake up the next day and I'm just like, I feel like absolutely Gross. grossest <laughs> I've ever felt in my entire life. Which I guess I is think... a very privileged uh thing to well that's very say, true. but you know, my, my longest camping trip was five days and it was like by the end i'm just like taking those like wet wipes and just wiping my whole body down in the bathroom just like to get any sort of clean yeah it's just rugged but, yeah i don't know about all that but yeah. um give me yeah. showers i uh you're catching me on a day where i'm just about finished uh with poison ivy on oh my, most of my body wheat relief that's pretty neat like i don't know if this will focus on my hand but like so are see, you like, like scarred there well so i was like what basically what happened i was um so i have a riding lawnmower i was mm-hmm. cutting the grass and um like so along one side of our property like it's just sort of you know like brambles more or less right mm-hmm. and um you know i rode one way and mm. kind of put my hand up to kind of like, you know, push the Brush brambles the back so I can, yeah. you know, because c- the problem is like, if you don't cut close to it, like that'll just like keep encroaching into your grass. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did like, I went one way and had my hand up and like, you know, like was basically stopping it from hitting my face more or less, you know, mm-hmm. and then went the mm-hmm. other way and did the exact same thing with my mm-hmm. other hand. So mm-hmm. somewhere in there uh, is a plant called uh, Virginia creeper. Uh, which I guess is a new exotic poisonous plant that I haven't yet encountered. So I wasn't looking mm-hmm. for it. Cause I, I, you know, growing up in the Midwest, I'm really used to looking for like, you know, poison ivy and poison oak and stuff like, like basically like three leaved, uh, like jagged leaf things, like mm-hmm. they're pretty easy to spot. Right. So I didn't realize this was a thing down here. So I, I do this, I spend the rest of the afternoon, like looking around outside, you know, like, uh, scratching my head like touching my face you know like <laughs> all that kind of stuff and and then like three days later i was just like absolutely ruined so Ugh. uh yeah 
I can no defin- definitively say that getting uh, the oil from these poison plants on your hands is the in between your fingers is the worst place you can get it after. Yeah, I've I've had that a lot of places, but I can't say in between the fingers. Yeah, um, that's sounds like a very awful place to have. I end, I, I've end, gotten I've gotten like mosquito bites on that spot, and that yeah, sucks. It's awful. Um, because like I even got it like in like my like upper thigh kind of like groin area, and that was like. Ooh. That honestly was not as bad as between my fingers because you can't do shit, man. Like, like mm-hmm. even sitting at my computer, like the way that I like hold my fingers to use my mouse was like yeah. irritating me, you know. <laughs> um, so zero out of five stars. Do not recommend. Uh, yeah, just stay inside. That's really staying all I can, inside is great advice. Really don't go outside. Say. Don't touch nature. Yeah, Leave see, it alone you're you're really uh you've got the thinking man set up at your house which is a concrete backyard like <laughs> basically yeah. <laughs> we have to plant poisonous plants just so we yeah. have that element of danger <laughs> yeah that's what you should do is just have a corner of just like different potted <laughs> like poison plants so you can just teach your kids like this is a danger corner <laughs> yeah and if they go into it they'll face the consequences i like that um, idea yeah i don't know but uh so I spent a lot of time this last week, like intentionally not moving, which meant sitting in front of my computer playing Baldur's Gate three, mm-hmm. which I'm very far into. And you were probably going to do that anyway, though, right? Um, yeah, but I have a lot of stuff that I'd kind of rather be doing and getting done. Yeah. Than yeah. Just, I mean, Baldur's Gate three is outstanding. I, I, you know, love it. the. I'm not complaining about an excuse to do nothing but play computer games, of course, but like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's things I need to do that I would rather have been doing, so I don't need to worry about it. Um, but man, just like outstanding game, and um, I fiddled with it a bit on the Steam Deck, and mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like I might have said this last week, where it's like it's it's totally workable once you spend some time mm-hmm. in it. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of fine. I mean, it's not as good as using a mouse and keyboard, but mm-hmm. it's you know the trade off of like I'm playing this in bed versus right you know and it seemed like once you um and this seems to be the case with like most steam deck games where it's like once it's been out for a few days and people kind of like figure out like oh these are the settings that you want to run yeah like you can if you just follow some of the guides that people have come up with on like very specific video settings like you can pretty much have it have it run like at a lock 30 frames per second with reasonably okay graphics i mean again you know it doesn't really compare to your actual like desktop computer but that's yeah be expected right so one of the things i love about not i guess it's not steam deck specific it's a steam thing anyway but it really helps when it comes to steam deck is the like community controller configuration stuff and like if you go and select your controls and it'll be like how do you you know there's a bunch of default ones but you can slip over to the community side i don't know if people mess with this at all people have come up with like remapping configurations that you can just download and it'll automatically set your buttons up how they set it up. And there's like all sorts of different is configurations. Like, like the Steam, like baked into the Steam OS. Yeah. Or do you have to have some mod to, oh, really? Yeah. If you go to like the game, like if you select the game on your Steam Deck and it opens up the little game page or whatever, and there's like a few tabs. And I think if you tab over to the one that looks like a controller, or maybe it's the settings gear, I forget, but you can like um, change your controller setup. And a lot of the default ones are like, oh, the, the trackpads act like mouse movements and clicks and then or the analog sticks act like mouse movements or you mm-hmm. know whatever there's all these different default ones yeah I don't but think the next I've ever to that is that. like community 
layouts and mm-hmm. um you can just go breeze through a bunch of them and they usually have good descriptions of like and and they'll be like upvoted too so you can see like the ones that most people use and i've had a few games where i've been like they're not quite made for controller and somebody has done all the work to remap all the keyboard keys to controller buttons in like a smart way so you don't have to sit there and do it yourself which also beyond that like steam has such excellent support for you remapping your buttons yeah. too oh, so sure. like i have had to do it myself before i've been really impressed especially with the the paddle the extra buttons on the back um you can do some really clever things to make like something that seems like it would never work with a controller actually be pretty functional that's interesting because uh, i've i've never messed with that like i can't i don't think i've ever used the paddle buttons for anything I would say, yeah, I've only, I don't usually use it because I don't really like them being there. I guess I'm just not used to having buttons back there. And a lot of times I accidentally click them. They're really great for emulators to like map something to those buttons, like a quick save state or, you know, something. But um, in regular games too, it can be just very handy to have some sort of like keyboard command that pulls up a weird menu or something like that mapped to just a single button and you can like get really complex with what you want it to do um in the little configure configuration thing so there's just so many crazy options if you really need it thankfully you don't typically have to jump into that stuff especially with steam deck being out for a long time now like most games are kind of like set up for controller use and it's Mm -hmm. not a big deal but every once in a while you come across especially older games where you're like dude this the controller stuff does not make sense at all and you can either go ham by yourself customizing or you can just look through the community stuff and be like oh somebody already figured this out um interesting i yeah, remember I like metroid it... the metroid prime trilogy like hack version with with all the hd and widescreen stuff or whatever i remember downloading the the controller configuration for that and being oh. like oh this makes a lot of sense because the gamecube controller was kind of weird yeah but... that's interesting yeah i think it come to think of it, the only time that i've even messed with that at all uh was when Lindsay was playing through fallout 4 on her steam deck and like there's just yeah. like really weird part at the beginning where it's like the whole game works with the controller but it like on steam it loads into the launcher first so you have to like mm-hmm. it, lo- it loads the launcher title screen or whatever that you have yeah. to actually click play and then mm-hmm. once you're in the game like everything just works fine but it's like yeah so it was figuring out like how the fuck do we like get the like mouse to work like just for this part right kind of right. thing and then use the controller for everything else so hmm. yeah. that's interesting yeah I, I wonder if there's uh i mean the, the 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 problem with uh with Baldur's gate 3 on the steam deck isn't necessarily like a button layout thing as much as just like when your guys get high level like you've got mm-hmm. like dozens of things you can do on a turn you yeah. know <laughs> and and so it's more just a matter of like uh when you play on the computer you just have like it's all in an action bar at the bottom and you mm-hmm. kind of like scroll your mouse through it and it's really easy mm-hmm. to just like quickly select what you want versus like the on the steam deck it's kind of like this um like tiered menu system using like mm-hmm. like radial menus more or less mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which you know is is totally fine like once you kind of like get the hang of it but like they're definitely is uh quite a bit of getting used to where you're like fuck oh this used to i just used to click for this and now i need to like yeah. find it in this dumb menu but like once you do that a couple of times like it just comes kind of second nature and yeah um, it just becomes muscle memory training yeah. <laughs> so uh, extremely good game uh really i just uh, don't have enough good things to say about it like what is um kind of breaking my brain about it is um 
I feel like we've we've talked a lot on on this podcast about how like sometimes it feels like the best time to play a game, particularly when it comes to like you know a, a new AAA game or whatever. It's just like like a year after, yeah, just a year after <laughs> or, or more. Yeah. You know, like when yeah. it, like um, you because know, I would I would argue that like I mean particularly like Bethesda games. It's like you know if mm-hmm. you waited to play like Fallout New Vegas until like the Game of the Year edition came out with like you know a bunch of bug fixes and then like three DLC packs like. It's just yeah. an exponentially better experience than like playing on on day one and like being like, oh, yeah. shit, well, don't don't run into this wacky thing. They'll corrupt your save and you'll start over or whatever, yeah. like weird things yeah. that seem like always pop up with these games. Right. And it's been a little surprising how Baldur's Gate three has like none of those uh, early access for three years. We'll do that. <laughs> I guess so. So like, I don't know. Then, then is it fair to say that this game is a new release if it's been in early access for three years? I don't know. It's like, it's it a like, weird space yeah. where, um... well, I, I, they, they emailed us about doing like a review for Baldur's Gate and if we wanted like code or something like that. And we were like, yeah, totally. And then like, I went, I looked it up on steam and was like, oh, this is in my library. And I had gotten it through like a through the game awards, like in 2020 or something mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, oh, I own this game. Like, that's weird. I, I had never tried it out. But yeah, because it's becoming like the official release. Yeah, um, they were. Yeah, I guess you know, that, reaching out with codes and stuff. It makes it a little weird because like, you know, I've seen definitely the uh, hot take machine has been working overtime, particularly yeah. since um, uh, basically before. Eurogamers review got published yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the number one highest rated PC game of all time, or number two, or uh-huh, uh-huh. tied for number one, or something like that. And then they gave it an eighty. Unforgivable. Oh no! So that that sandbagged the average enough to like kick it down to like number five or something like that. But um, everybody's got to be a contrarian. <laughs> but I don't know. They they when you read their reviews, they ran into like legitimate technical issues, and it's like okay, I, I, yeah. that's that's fine. I get it. Um, yeah, no. The uh, but you know, the so the hot takes surrounding it is like, well, it's Larian Studios, you know, a, a, a game developer slash publisher that you know, a lot of people haven't even heard of can do this. Yeah, like, right. what's you know, what's EA's excuse and stuff? And I'm yeah, like, oh. I've seen a lot of that. I feel like that's kind of valid, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, uh, it's it's such a unique situation. Of, it's hard to imagine, uh, like, how does EA put a game out in early access for three years? Right. You know, yeah. like I just I don't know, because I'm sure if you played Baldur's Gate three, like when it first hit early access, it probably mm-hmm. would have been janky as shit. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I, it I, it I, got through all its growing pains and got a pass, basically, where. Yeah. So but then EA is EA and like their early access is like NBA 2K20 was the early access release. 21 is the next version. 22. You know what I mean? Like they. Yeah. They charge you for being a beta tester sometimes, but um, it also just doesn't work that way with a big corporation like that, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I yeah, don't know I, what the answer is. It's just like, I, it's like one of these things where like, hey, make a valid point, but I just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's so hard to like do an apples to apples comparison on yeah. all these yeah. things. Like, I mean, we'll get ready for a lot of this with starfield coming out well right so that that much (laughs) that that that's kind of exactly where i was going with this was like (laughs) the baldur's gate 3 seems like it's kind of killed my starfield excitement in a little bit a small way because like um i don't know it's just like bethesda games always launch with like that layer of jank right 
Mm -hmm. and pretend it doesn't exist and play it in 2025 is my advice that's probably the best way to do it i guess i don't know but at least that's going to be on game pass and it's like Mm -hmm. how are you not going to check it out but yeah that thing's going to be a disaster i think i think it'll be like a new the new cyberpunk like uh, i mean it wouldn't surprise me but at the same time like it also wouldn't surprise me if like it's not you know like Mm because this is uh what kind of like the first extremely high profile Bethesda game that's launching on Game Pass, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that mm-hmm. there's like a little bit of vested interest there too. And they've delayed it like twice, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like but that. I, I think there's know. a lot of vested interest. Be like, no, this this needs to be like a flawless launch on this game. Like we can't have the normal Bethesda bullshit. I just think you can't do that with a game of that scope, right? I don't think anybody can because that's too big to even have like full-time in-house testers going crazy on this thing for a year or two. Like you're still, guess, but that's I... not like the flex testing with like millions of people all playing it all at the same time. Um, so I feel like there, it's like almost inevitable, just the nature of these games, they have to have some sort of period of shit's going bad and they got to fix it. Yes, but... but but at the same time, you know, it's like one of these things like, well, how did, how did Baldur's Gate 3 do it? You know, and it's like, right. Yeah, I guess free early access and a lot of feedback and yeah, I don't know. If I that's... think so. I I can't imagine the though, game you... costs sixty dollars always. What on early access? Uh, Baldur's Gate? Yeah. You know, I'm not sure. I want to say it costs like thirty bucks in mm. early access, but I could be making that up. But if that was the case, like that's that's a great incentive. Actually, I like that approach where it's like, hey. We're gonna charge you less to be in on the early access, and then we'll bump the price up when it's like finished and has more content and whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't remember exactly. It might have just been sixty bucks always or or yeah. something like that. But what's well, interesting? Uh, this is one of the first games that I can remember that, um, or at least one of the first games I'm interested in that I remember that doesn't have any deals on any of the key reseller sites. It makes me wonder if um, mm-hmm. if Steam closed whatever loophole was allowing people to get keys mm-hmm. that they could sell for like half retail. Because remember when it was like, um, I don't know, I've done this for so many games, it's hard to think of like one in specific, but it's like, oh, hey, there's a brand new AAA game that just came out today. You can buy it on Steam for 60 bucks or you can just go to deals.gg and buy a key from mm-hmm. someplace Wherever. you've never heard of for 30 <laughs> Right. And just redeem it and get the game and everything else on launch mm-hmm. day or before. And um, yeah, you'll be ready to roll. Like, I, I wonder what they did to make that not a thing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, interesting, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking good. forward to Starfield, but it's I'm expecting this it to be a big kerfuffle. That's for sure. Oh, I think it I think it will be regardless. Like, yeah. it's going to be yeah. the I you know, I, I think you're probably going to be able to check like all the boxes of like weird game bugs, weird performance problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't, yeah. they, aren't they, I feel like they've already softballed game performance in, in a way by like announcing it's just going to be locked at 30 frames per second on the, mm-hmm. the new Xbox. Right. I mean, that should be pretty indicative of like, okay, this, this game's yeah. not going to, not going to yeah. run great if they need to frame rate lock it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll play um, it. Whatever. It sucks because like my buddy is very, um, he like 
always just plays basically Call of Duty or Destiny. But then whenever like a big hype game comes out, he gets excited for him and then we'll like buy it and play it for a few weeks and then be over it and go back to Call of Duty and Destiny or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, he's like extremely hyped because he's watched like all the like announcement events and videos and stuff like that. And just like, oh, my God, it's amazing. There's so many planets and all this stuff and all the stuff you can do. And I'm just like, yeah, it might be cool. <laughs> I also think I'm to play No Man's Sky. Disaster. Like, I, yeah. I honestly, I think that the way to the way to deal with uh, Starfield is like, if you've never played No Man's Sky. Like, just pretend that. Yeah, like Starfield <laughs> comes out next year and play through No Man's yeah. Sky first, because like that's like a perfect example of what we're talking about of like yeah. a game that has been out forever and just has a million updates and yeah you know it's like so content rich it's kind of absurd well it's funny because we um, went through the same process when cyberpunk came out and it was like oh my god have you seen the new video for cyberpunk it's gonna be so good and all this stuff and i'm like yeah it looks really sick but mm-hmm. i'm not i you know i'll wait till it comes out and then it, it launched in the state it did and it took like a solid year really to get in in like good shape or whatever and then like yeah a year plus later it was like Oh yeah, redownload Cyberpunk. Like that game's really good now, and it's like, yeah, yeah, like that's the cycle. Yeah, now. Like, it's weird. Just like, gotta wait, kind of. I didn't really have any problems with my initial playthrough of Cyberpunk, but I didn't mm-hmm. like. I was just like mainlining the main story campaign. Like I, I didn't, right. which is probably is like exactly what they focused on for that first release, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I didn't bother with any of the side stuff or wander around too much or anything else because I thought the the main storyline was really cool and I was having fun with it, you know, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Seemed yeah. fine to me, but yeah, uh, but yeah. Which so years hmm. have you been following the uh, Linus Tech Tips drama? <laughs> A little bit. Is there anything in the last last couple of days? The last I saw, oh my God. I didn't watch his video about it, but uh, I don't know. I don't... I've been like casually paying attention. Well, to Well, I guess what's interesting about this one, and I can't even begin to recap the drama. Basically, started yeah. with. Uh, some dude posting a video being like, hey, this thing that you sold, you were supposed to give back and your reviews on it were questionable at best. Well, uh, it's not some dude. It was Gamers Nexus, which is like, oh, see, I don't really follow any. It, it, that channel is like up there with like probably the top five of like tech channels, but they're they're really known for their like hardcore technical testing and, and information. Mm-hmm. And I watch a lot of them. I think they did a lot of Steam Deck stuff that maybe was the last time I really paid attention to them. But some of their stuff is like, okay, here, like this new graphics card came out. Here's like a two hour video about everything about it or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I can't watch two hours of this, but like, yeah, I'm happy that... that it exists and you guys are so hardcore about it. That's my but, problem uh, is I don't, I don't know any of the main characters in this beyond just kind yeah. of like catching what's going on and just being well, like, Li- you know. I would, I would say like Linus quite a number of years ago was kind of not in that realm not as hardcore technical but was definitely like a competent tech reviewer mm-hmm. and um was like trusted for actual good like info and um also like injecting some personality i would say gamers next is probably a little dry in the personality department but you know they're they're like charming in their own way but then linus was more of the personality um like yeah. youtuber guy yeah, I always kind of <laughs> like knew his channel as like not really even. And again, this is just me basically just getting content randomly as YouTube would recommend it to me, right? Like, right. like what I know him from and his channel from is like the wacky shit. Like, I don't know, I'm yeah. just making this up, but basically, like we made Willy Wonka's computer. It's it's right. cooled yeah, with yeah, liquid yeah. chocolate kind of thing, yeah. you know? Yeah, 
So that was yeah, a it definitely su- like evolved like into more of like a more of like an entertainment show or yeah. whatever. Um, but I I still feel like even der- as it was transitioning more to that stuff, it was still pretty worthwhile for like, am I gonna like this thing or not? Is this new mm. phone good? Is this new watch good? Like whatever. I mean, it, and it is like even if you don't get a definitive answer to something like that by watching one of those videos, they were at least entertaining. Like yeah. I think. I, I can't take a ton of the guy, but I think he is good at what he does. But like, yeah, apparently with this situation is um, they did a, a big um, like review or or uh, benchmarking test for something and that they were way off on in a lot of ways and didn't go back and like redo the tests, even though they knew they were wrong. They just kind of put the video out anyway with the guys of like, that's YouTube guys. If we would have waited, it would have been, you know, mm-hmm. bad or, or whatever. Um, and then the gamers nexus guys were like, we, you know, cross-checked all your numbers and like, you were super off and like, this is really misleading well, to anybody. Yeah. That I, might I guess and that's not cool. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess what's incredible to me on this is like, how is it that we've made it to 2023 where people don't realize that like when you get caught up in drama like this the best thing to do is apologize profusely and quickly and just yes. like get over it right because like if yeah. if the linus guy would have just you know done like the normal like here's my notes app screenshot yeah, yeah we fucked this one up really hardcore we'll do better yep. uh you know really yep. appreciate all the feedback from everyone like you know we're gonna yep. really like huddle up and and take all this to heart and improve our channel and make it better right it would have been yep. over in 10 minutes like yeah and Pretty instead, much. like now digging oh your heels God. in is almost never a good idea. Well, it's like now you've got the the people on like the, the thing that I saw before we started recording on like the front page of Reddit was like the Linus Tech Tips subreddit had someone that like did some like spectrum analyzer analysis of like the audio codec of the YouTube videos versus the stuff oh, that's hosted oh. on like their own platform being like yeah. see they're even lying about this because they say that if you subscribe you get better audio quality and like i ran it through my <laughs> spectrum analyzer and youtube is a little bit better and i'm just like wow. oh my god man like <laughs> like if you just would have like come out and did the notes app thing this would yeah no one even would have heard about this like yeah. and instead it's like blown up to i don't know just kind of un- an unbelievable extent you know yeah i would i i I do, but I don't wish I had more time to like follow it more closely because I really have like the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, I'm probably I'm just, I'm getting something way. wrong about it, but um, it's definitely like good. I think when people, prominent people in those positions, call each other out when there's some bad stuff going down, right? Yeah. And um, I think one of the arguments from Lion Society was like, I don't know why they didn't reach out privately about this or whatever, and they're just flat out like we don't have to, right? Like it's, yeah. you posted this stuff publicly and we used all public information to sure. come to this conclusion. And it's, if we would have tipped you off about it, you could have like really, it gives you time to kind of set up a um, excuse or, you know, whatever. Um, so like, yeah, no, it's not our job to like reach out to you about this. It's yeah, our job to yeah. report the facts to like our viewers. Um uh, I don't know. Yeah. Wacky, wacky tech drama. I just, I just like, yeah, I, I couldn't believe the extent that they dug their heels in though. Like that was, that was kind of, I don't know. Yeah. People love a good internet fight. Right. So it was like, you shouldn't have known exactly what was going to happen when they decided <laughs> that this was going to be the way that they approach stuff. So yeah, that is true. Know. 
just well, uh, gotta, get rid of YouTube is the answer yeah, to everything. I so I, it's yeah. I, I just, well, so with this stuff, I, I've seen a lot of people being like, oh, lightest tech tips is over. This is it. Like, this is done. But it's probably like, probably not. Yeah, I just like don't. I mean, uh, I I just like don't think that's really a thing because like, well, Linus you know, is like the level of like people that don't follow tech know Linus, right? Like they and they see his reviews when a big new product comes out or something like that. Like not people that necessarily follow something like this. So well, I don't think it's going to destroy them. No, the I, reputation I, in the actual community of people that care about this stuff is probably pretty tarnished. But I think that was already happening anyway. Yeah. I guess I just like I, I would be interested to know the percentage of people. Like, so the way that I consume YouTube, probably mm-hmm. I don't know, ninety five percent of the YouTube content I watch is like loading up the YouTube app on my Apple TV, seeing what you know uh, people I subscribe to have posted or what it recommends to me. I'll watch some of that, and then just you know that's that's it. You know, huh. so huh. for me, like you know, I don't you know if I didn't like see everyone talking about this. Like I don't know from that how you ever would have. Mm-hmm found any of this stuff out and i would i would think that there's a you know because you don't see video descriptions you see comments you don't see any of that stuff mm-hmm. on the apple tv stuff so like i i really wonder like what percentage of you know these these channels with like millions of followers are even even realize that this kind of drama is even happening you know like yeah i yeah. don't know i don't know it's like because i think like the best example of that like you know if, uh, people are always like oh there's game over for this guy he's done and but it's like you know if yeah. you look through the history of like weird youtube drama yeah. Like if that T Martin guy uh, 10 years ago or whatever was able to like run a fake Counter-Strike Go gambling site that was 100% <laughs> rigged that mm-hmm. he like made up <laughs> videos of him winning to get uh, his followers to try, you know, a gambling on the site that they could never win on, yeah. like which I'm pretty sure is illegal. And he got in some kind of like actual like legitimate trouble for and then yeah. banned from YouTube. If that guy can come back with five million subscribers, I feel like there's pretty much nothing you can do to, to sadly to, true. You know, yeah, stop that no. momentum once you hit like a certain uh, popularity level. Like I don't know. Yeah, it is I what agree. it is. So YouTube is um, weird, and I just I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you know. It's funny because like I guess I'm in this sphere of tech following stuff. Um, I didn't hear about this until. I guess Carter posted it or Mikhail in our discord. And I was like, yeah. I didn't hear about any, any of this drama yet. Um, well, particularly like being off Twitter. Mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, I feel like time. that is a, mm-hmm. a major shield for Linus potential on this because like before, I mean, God, when I was on like looking at Twitter all day long, like I would have roped in this. all sorts of drama. Oh my <laughs> God. I would have known about it inside of like 30 seconds of it happening, yeah. you know, as opposed to like, yeah, if I, I think I saw it at the same time when like Carter, whoever posted, uh the video in the discord and i think my response is like you could maybe watch that yeah and then yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it just kind of uh you know grew from there I, so i like the world where i don't look at twitter anymore i so like it so I. much like, better it's uh i i do feel i mean they, my my problem is i do feel like i genuinely like miss certain people and interactions and stuff but like yeah then i kind of think about it and I kind of think what I'm missing is like, uh, you know, 2010 Twitter or something, you know, yeah. and yeah. not like, you know, 2023 Twitter, yeah. uh, you know, and, and it seemed like, you know, the people that I miss from there that I don't really have a connection to anymore because they're not in a, you know, discord or not on Mastodon or whatever else, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. really posting that much anyway, I guess. And yeah, 
you know, yeah. because like you just get yelled at when you post something and it's just not fun. Yeah. And, no, I, I agree. It's I missed that era too because back then it was like everyone I followed on Twitter for the most part is somebody I had met in real life. At yeah. Some point. Yeah. And that made it so much better because it was like a way to keep in contact with people that you'd only see once or twice a year at a convention or something. Or some of those people, they'd only make it to one GDC in their lifetime because it's so expensive or something. So mm -hmm. that one moment you guys hung out and bonded, now you could go forward like staying in touch in a really easy way. That's not like, you yeah. know, be like, here's my email. Like, you know, nobody ever really does that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was such an awesome way to keep in touch with people that I didn't see a lot IRL. Um, and then it just stopped being that. And then it just became like, uh, I don't know, get uh, roping me into wasting time more or less. Yeah. Uh, about here's dumb what, shit. Here's what I'm mad about matter. right now. Kind of thing. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I think yeah, the beginning I don't, I don't the miss end it. was when uh, it like became like a weird, like political platform almost. So it was like, it was, cause yeah. for me, it was always like, Oh, this is a cool place to like, see what the game developers I like are doing. Yeah. And you know, stuff like that. And not like, Here's what I'm mad about. Here's what's awful about the world right now and mm -hmm, everything else. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm, I'm better off without that now, you know? So. That's very true. And and that's been happening for years, well before Elon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's nice. I, nice not caring about it anymore. I'd love to get off Facebook too, but there's just like too many good Facebook groups that I'm in for like very like special interest kind of stuff that doesn't I'm in the really same exist boat. anywhere else. I don't care about Facebook in any capacity except for the groups that i care to check and mm -hmm. chat with those people because they're like niche enthusiasts like exactly. me and exactly. i don't really care to have like i don't just care about sharing my life and i don't care about like high school friends commenting on my life <laughs> you know exactly. what i mean yeah. like it's yeah, almost like, better that these groups i'm in are people i don't know <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah like but. there's i'm in a i'm in a group uh a few different like local fishing groups that are like just specifically for like fishing on Mm -hmm. the lake we're near and it's like super yeah. informative of like all these people that like know all this stuff about what's happening and like um yeah just a really good source of information basically that yeah. like if yeah, i yeah. deleted my facebook account i was like that's not anywhere else like for mm -hmm. better or for worse like it seems like what everything that used to be some like weird niche little forum you know like mm -hmm. it probably would be like you know, I don't know, like wattsbarfishingforum.com or something with right. 100 people on it. And instead, yeah. that's just a Facebook group now, you know, and it's, yeah, it sucks to, I don't know, be in the Facebook, yeah. but it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I can um, follow up on uh, Arclight Rumble or sorry, yeah. Warcraft Rumble. Warcraft Rumble. I think I've already sort of churned out of this game. Like, I, I'm not surprised. I don't know. It's like, and, and the problem is like, it's, it's a it's one of these games where it's just like it is genuinely extremely well done like the graphics are yeah. really good the mm -hmm. you know the way the controls work are really good like the um the single pair campaign stuff is really neat uh and well done particularly mm -hmm. particularly if you know the warcraft universe because like they introduce like a lot of like uh like just i guess like for lack of a better way to put it like fan favorite world of warcraft kind of stuff mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. you know so i appreciate that fan service but i just like i don't know it's it's got kind of like the same sort of clash royale style kind of thing where it's just like you're just placing units out on a battlefield and just like kind of watching mm -hmm. them do stuff and it's just like yeah i don't know it's just like something about that that's just like never really hooked me too much yeah 
and I, I don't know it's like the the lack of control uh is a little frustrating to me i think mm-hmm. yeah and, i understand that but there's like they, they do some interesting stuff like there's things in the battlefield that kind of allow you a little bit of control like there's like these mm-hmm. different uh like all kinds of different shit that uh, mm-hmm. they've tried to do to to do like a creative spin on the clash royale thing like there there'll be like lanes you can toggle to like do something mm-hmm. creative to like send your guys over to like the other side of the screen and vice versa and you like kind of mm-hmm. scroll vertically and can take over territory and then you spawn your guys from there instead of like your ba- like there's it, like what kills me about it is just like a lot of stuff where i'm like oh this is really cool and mm-hmm. uh this is a neat evolution on the clash royale formula but i just think like mm-hmm. And I just kind of feel dumb being like, I just don't really like that on a like foundational level. I don't like the gameplay mechanic that the game is kind of built on top of, which mm-hmm. seems like a a wacky way to not not wacky reason to not like a game when I like so many things like you look at it, you're like, this is clearly very good, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know, it would be tricky to like for me to like write a review on this because it would be like all these things that are great about this game. And then the conclusion is be like, I just like, don't like it. And it's <laughs> hard to really articulate why beyond just like, I just, I'm not sure I'm a fan of this kind of genre. Some games miss the special sauce. I mean, the thing is like, this game does have the special sauce. It's just like, not in a format that not for you. I really like, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like you play games and you're just like, fuck, this is great. Like I cannot yeah. put yeah, this right. down. Like, yeah. uh you know I'm, I'm really like the free-to-play stuff might be annoying but like whatever i'll deal with it and because yeah. you know, i enjoy it and i like playing it and all this stuff but it's like for me it's like everything is there but enjoying playing it which is yeah kind of kind of weird but i think if you're a clash royale person though yeah. i think this will be like extremely your shit yeah i think uh i think you're realizing just what i realized much quicker where i was like oh i don't like these types of games and i know i don't like them and i want to check out this game but i also just like i can't i don't care about this type of game it's not fun at all so um i don't know that's good that you realize something like that because i've definitely like played games out of almost like feeling compulse to because they are good and well-made yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm just like not having fun, but I'm going through the motions because I feel like I should like I, because the game is good and a lot of people like it or something like that. Like I've definitely been in that situation. And then, um, man, I don't, I don't remember where, but somebody online or something said some at one point, like, it's okay to not play a game. It's okay to yeah. <laughs> try a game and not enjoy yeah. it and never play it again. You should never feel compelled to just finish something just because you bought it or something like that. Yeah. Like, you know, time is is uh, is precious and wasting it playing through a game out of obligation doesn't do anyone any favors. Just move on to the next thing. Yeah. Forget about it. Yeah, it's, it's I have weird. a hard time doing that. But I mean, what's weird is that I would recommend this game to like anyone to give a try because it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's uh, like just the level of polish and like the amount of uh, just attention to detail across the board is like this is a game that they clearly spent a ton of time on. You know, mm-hmm. um, and it is because it's just like dripping that from like a- absolutely every interaction you have with the game, from like how the UI feels to character mm-hmm. animations to, um, mm-hmm. you know, everything else. It's extremely good. It's just like I don't know. It's just not yeah. clicking with me for whatever yeah. reason. So, yeah. and that's okay. It's okay to not click. Um, so we got a a couple of emails this week that I feel oh, cool. like 
we should let's, get to. Let's do it. One of them. One of them is related to a story we wrote this week, so we'll have to read about that story too. I should probably pull that up right now. Um, but uh, the first one I have for you is actually from a frequent uh, emailer to our show, Seafoam Gaming. Hmm. This is the person who started listening to us very recently because of Sean and then has continued listening and uh yeah I like that thanks for continuing to listen even after you realize what what, what our show is which is kind of a hot mess sometimes hmm. um so anyway this is the super epic Nya Fox message I'm probably not pronouncing any of this right this is gonna be hard okay <clears throat> This girl hiss, yeah. Those are the sounds of a fierce fox gamer writing in for the first time in a while. Fox emoji. But in all seriousness, life has been busy and I've been in the middle of IRL projects, though I've still kept up to date on the podcast. Glad the surgery went well for the one thing. And I definitely remember Open Faint fondly since I played some stickman golf game with that feature obsessively oh, yeah. back when I had my iPod touch, along with hunting down random apps for the sake of building my Open Faint profile up more. I guess my first taste of achievement hunting before Game Center. Um, that's actually interesting because I I was an achievement hunter with Xbox 360. Um, mm -hmm. And I think... Well, I achievements were new. Like it was like... Yeah, this, right. Like no, yeah. Thing, and you were right? just like, this is amazing. Like yeah. reasons to go back and play a game I already beat. Um, and I never got crazy with it, but I think I had like around 20,000 game room score on that or something like that. Like I, and I would make an effort to play games specifically to get achievements, right? Did they ever add a thing that you could use those points for anything? Not that I know of. No, mm. but, um, I remember, you know, I would kind of follow along and I remember like the first guy to hit a hundred thousand and all this stuff. And I was like, Whoa, but yeah, um, uh, that was my first taste of like really caring about achievements. And then that kind of dovetailed pretty well into, um, mobile rising up and then for a while there there was four or five different online systems that all had their own achievements and stuff like that but open faint was for sure the like leader of that pack and um man i was nutso about open faint there was actually i don't know if it was just openfaint.com like the official site or if it was some site somebody made but there was a place you could go and it listed every game that had open faint and like if they had achievements or not. And I remember like using it like a checklist almost where I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go download this game. I'm going to see about how many achievements I can get, like blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And I, I want to say I was up to like 60 or 70,000 gamer score on, on open faint, but I, I very much made it, uh, uh, like, a a priority to, to search out games that had open faint achievements. Um, and then do you remember Zinkus from our forums? Yeah. Like yeah, moderators. Yeah. And he was like, achievements. he was like the dude that was good at every game ever that came <clears throat> yeah. out and would always be like instantly at top of the leaderboards. Um, he had, I'm pretty sure well over a hundred thousand on open faint, but he was like kind of the same way. Um, and back then it was just so cool. You could like look at your friend's profile. There was like a little forumy sort of bulletin boardy type yeah. thing where you could like for each specific game they could go in and be like hey guys uh, what's up and i have trouble with this achievement what's up with it or whatever like open paint was so so well done for the time especially yes um 100%. that it really makes game center look like a big pile of crap even today even though game center is good game center is weird like it's launched and it was whatever and then it got a lot better and then it was good and then they like rolled back a bunch of stuff and it got bad again and then it's been slowly trying to claw its way out of that but it's still not 
great. Yeah, I, I don't remember uh, the last time I like really cared about a game center thing. I <laughs> but, don't. But it's weird. It's really like care. I'll get like random ass notifications for like so and so just beat you in this game that you haven't loaded in yeah. ten years. You know, that's part of their effort, I think, to try and bring Game Center back. Because what they mm. really did is just bury it. They got rid of the app and they got rid of everything. Yeah. And to even invite friends, you had to like get their iMessage account and all this super that's, dumb that's what really turned me off of it it was like i yeah. uh really don't like giving my phone number out uh no. and, and to have it be like linked to your uh you know like uh, contact information just seemed wacky to me whereas like you know open fate was just like yeah here's my open fate name add me and do whatever yes. you want i don't care it's like yeah. all siloed in one thing yeah it, in a perfect world apple would have just bought open fate and kept mm-hmm. it going uh <clears throat> Because it was just so good when you think back about it. And it was so long ago that it yeah. was like crazy that there was that good of a gaming like social component. Well, it was like better yeah. than like Xbox Live and stuff, you know, what no, I mean? in, some ways in terms of like was. features and things. Yeah. Um, and what's crazy, crazy is that like, you know, 2009 Open Faint is, is I would say, arguably way more feature rich than like 2023 Game Center is. Yeah. Oh, pretty easily. 100 percent. 100 percent. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. But yeah, I was a, a, a Open Faint nerd. Um, back in the day i wish i could like i probably have some screenshots buried somewhere of like what my mm-hmm. you know profile was before it, it went away and stuff but um anyway uh back to uh seafone gaming email um as for the zelda replays on switch jared mentioned i do recommend the oracle games after skyward sword as they just hit nso and honestly are better than link's awakening in my opinion even going off the remake of it i feel it would be the next best thing for your kid to play Ages in particular is one of the top five easily. Uh, I love both those games, and I recently replayed them on my Miu or maybe the RG or whatever. One yeah, of my I, love, I love those really good. I replayed through both of them, and they are just phenomenal. Still, I think the problem is going to be, uh, I don't know if he's going to dig games with old graphics like that because we tried to play the original Zelda, and he was just like, "This is boring." So I don't know if he would think that. Like the the Game Boy Color games have a little more flair, and like that's why I was kind of leaning towards like Link to the Past because at least Super Nintendo mm-hmm. graphics are a little bit better. But I if you play it with um, you have Raspberry Pi with like Retrocade and all that shit on it or whatever no. the Raspberry, you know what I'm talking about. I, I, it's got some witty name with Raspberry Pi in it. Mm-hmm. But um, I wonder if you wouldn't be into it if it was like uh with the extreme filters that you can add, mm-hmm. you know, to like make Maybe. it look like a yeah, because like for me, when I've fiddled around with those different filters, it's like, oh, I'm just just I don't know. It's just taking it too far. Like it doesn't even look like a retro mm-hmm. game anymore. But like maybe for someone that like isn't into those, like, you know, like a kid that isn't into the super pixely graphics, like maybe that's yeah. what you need is like, yeah, like cranking up those filters all the way. Yeah, we can try it. I mean, I can actually sit down with my Steam Deck with him and be like, here's oh, yeah, older games and see sure. if that works for him. We did actually after I beat Link's Awakening remake. Um, I started playing through the um, the DX Game Boy Color version on my Miu, and um, he would sit down on my lap and watch me play, and he seemed pretty into it. But it, it was like funny to play through it because I was like, it, it was like all the same stuff we had just played through. So I'm like, oh, here's the house with the chain chomp guy in front, or oh, whatever. Yeah, it was yeah. like, you know, I think you got a kick out of recognizing locations and stuff. And he was like, oh, these are the same enemies, and I'm like, yeah. Um, so I don't. I don't know if that was the reason that he was actually sitting and paying attention or or if he just doesn't actually care about the games and the, the first NES Zelda just is too basic for him. Mm-hmm. 
but I I think I'm I will try the Oracle games, and I think Minish Cap is on there too. Maybe that would be a good one. Um, but if none of those work, we'll go back to or um uh or uh Ocarina of Time. I think is what I'll try and do after this because that's at least the blueprint of a 3D Zelda that we've been playing anyway. Yeah, so I don't yeah, yeah. We'll see, but uh, definitely making a lot of good progress in Skyward Sword and still still enjoying it it still has its quirks um i actually reread sean's switch review of it and he mentioned that they actually fixed a bunch of really annoying things that were in the original that if they weren't fixed i could see why i would i would be so sour on the game when it first came out if it had those annoying things they didn't fix so i think that's maybe part of the reason why i'm like why is why did everyone hate this game but um but also there are certain parts where you're just like okay like yeah this is like too much backtracking this is too much like for the sake of extending the game type things where Mm -hmm. it seems pretty obvious that that's why but i'm still really liking it i think we're gonna beat it pretty soon and um it's still one of my i one of my favorite zeldas i would say i really like it that it's really tickling me with all the references to breath of the wild stuff like more and more and uh, it's a lot of little things too that I think even somebody that played this game originally and then played Breath of the Wild and was like, oh, there's correlations. I think if you went back and replayed it, you'd see there's way more than you even realized because there's oh, really? just little okay. little touches everywhere where you're just like, oh, okay. Like I see the blueprint of what ended up being the Breath of the Wild games. But, and so that's like really cool. But anyway, um, also, when you brought up Ridiculous Fishing and the long road for it to be reissued and playable again, it reminded me of a game I want playable again, Doodle Fit 2. One of my first iOS games when I made my own iTunes account, and it's been unplayable Doodle for years. Have the first on PSP, but I'd still sub Apple Arcade instantly if the second made a comeback. Did you ever play that series? And if so, what do you think? Oh, or what a, did you think? There's a Lonnie vid circa 2013. Oh, nice. So Doodle Fit is funny that was a game that my wife was obsessed with like crazy obsessed with i actually think she started on the first oh one, like the a, yeah came out mm-hmm. it's like yeah, a, a cool game tan tangrams or whatever these are called tangrams yeah. yeah um yeah she like played that obsessively for like quite a few years and um she doesn't play it anymore and she's moved on to other things but uh that's my memories of it i never really played it a whole ton myself but uh, I could see how much she enjoyed it. So um, it's weird how there's these old games that you played and really loved dearly at the time and then kind of moved on and probably hadn't thought about in a long time that were like, when you really sit down and think about it, you're like, wow, that was like a big part of my gaming back then. Like I really played that game a lot, like every day for a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's just like not even on your mind, you know, anymore. It's just weird how there's so many games like that, especially on mobile, but yeah. yeah, Doodle Fit 2 is a good one. Um, yeah, the the bummer for me is like when it's when it's like not only is the game does the game not work anymore, but if you were even able to update it, like the servers don't work anymore or whatever. Like um, yeah. like Final Fantasy Record Keeper I got really into because it was just like yeah, um, you know, really good. I don't I don't know if I, I don't even know if I would call the game good, but it was just like fan service to the extreme, right? And it was just like a collectible fan service thing, right? And then it's just like, all right, well, it's fucking mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> it's weird. Well, that this is going to uh, lead nicely into our next email, actually. But so let's wrap up this one because it's uh, this is the end here. Until the next time I get some funny Fox thoughts in my head. Take care and keep up the podcast. 
P.S. Included is a dramatization of me when I get angry, drawn by my good pal Allison underscore Kit on Twitch. Verbally describing this would be funny to hear. <laughs> Why would I get angry? Uh, like when Sean told me Valis is not a good game series. I don't know. Sincerely, Connor from Seafoam Gaming. So this uh, this very cool drawing with lots of action movement lines of a uh, fox that is angry and going grr, hiss, nyah. Uh, good sketch. I like it a lot. Good job, Allison. Um, so anyway, thank you, Connor from Seafoam Gaming for emailing in again. Thanks for continuing to listen to our pretty weird podcast that's uh, a mishmash of a lot of things. Glad yeah. you are oh, yeah. still with us. Um, so, okay. I guess I'll just read this email first and then we'll go to the story after. Um, so this is from uh, Hacker Alias Shoes, also a frequent emailer to our show. It says, hey guys, hope all is well. Really enjoying the more regular podcast schedule. Hope you can keep it up. Jared, really great article on the iOS repulsive game. I'm hoping you can talk more about it on the show. Specifically, these points. Why do you think it is that Apple doesn't respond to developers when such as when Raster Prime was going to be delisted? Is it a staffing sheer quantity of apps that don't allow for it? Could Punk Labs simply update their icon and be good for another three years? What do you think the solution would be from an Apple policy? Keep up the great work. Okay, I'm going to revisit those questions after we talk about this story because that doesn't make sense. So basically what happened this week um repulsive is um a game from this developer punk labs it's a two-person studio and they've released skeleton was the first game i remember from them which was like uh when everyone was making like crossy road like games mm -hmm. but it was like crossy road but a roguelike dungeon crawler and it was really good and i really loved it back in the day um and then they their, their background is kind of in making like music software for desktop and so um, their next couple of games had like a real musical spin on them. Um, one was called Kerflux, and it was kind of like you were matching visual sound waves with like the actual sound. So you're like kind of like adjusting the sound until the wave was correct and matched the, the wave. They, you know, whatever, like a music based puzzle game, kind of. And then there was Raster Prime, which also was kind of wackier than that, but also had a pretty heavy musical component and stuff. Um and so, yeah, good little developer released every didn't release a ton of games all the time. But when they did, it was like you knew what you were getting because they always made an effort to have like really good production values, really cool, mm -hmm. interesting visuals. And then obviously like a really good emphasis on on like soundtrack and, and music and stuff. Um, and so in 2020, like kind of it right as the um, pandemic was getting started and like the stay at home orders and stuff were coming um I, I remember distinctively this game coming out and this being a game i played a lot when it was like just sitting around the house and everything felt weird um they released a game called repulsive and what it was was basically like um a hoverboarding skateboarding game um kind of like an isometric perspective top down sort of like if 720 was released nowadays with good graphics and not hard gameplay um and it was it was it was cool because it had like a little bit of storyline stuff going and it had a little bit of like goals you could go and shoot for. But like more than that, it was like about just cruising around and like hitting these ramps and doing tricks. And it was kind of mm -hmm. like a chill vibe type game like that. Anyway, super cool game. Liked it when it came out, gave it the game of the week. Um, haven't really played it recently, but it's like a game I remember fondly, particularly because of the pandemic and stuff. But um yeah, so this week they announced 
first of all, it went free. And so a bunch of people were posting like, oh, this game's free, like first time ever, like go grab it, whatever. Um, but then it turned out as they posted on their blog, they made it free because they're going to have to pull it in a few months because Apple has a policy where if you don't update a game or an app for a certain amount of time, they consider it quote unquote low quality and they give you 90 days to either update it or it gets removed from the app store. Mm -hmm. And so I remember when this policy was enacted, I don't remember the exact year, but I remember when this became a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen other developers in this situation where it's like, hey, we released this game a long time ago. We don't really update it anymore. But if we don't do something, it's going to get pulled. And so they'll do like a nebulous like bug fixes update, which probably doesn't do anything, but it's at least a recompiled app in iTunes Connect. So it thinks the date, basically bumping the date up of when it was updated. And that's all they really need to do or change the app icon or whatever. Um, And so that's, like it's dumb because it's like okay it's just like kind of an arbitrary rule i think i like the idea behind it and i I said this in the article where it was like i think the idea on paper is good because there is so much crap on the app store there's dumb asset flip 3d engine games where somebody releases fifty thousand versions of the same game essentially like there's a lot of junk and shovelware Mm -hmm. on the app store for sure yeah and so this is kind of like a nice way to remove that stuff because if somebody is like i'm just gonna like asset flip the same 3d engine i bought a hundred times and sell it all for a dollar and if make money and whatever but those people aren't like gonna be keep updating their games and there's eventually they're going to maybe get a burst of downloads at first, but then nobody's really going to find them. And so it's like kind of a nice way to call that sort of stuff off the app store by just being like, Hey, you have an update of this thing in four years, it's going to go. And if it's somebody that's genuinely just like kind of trying to cash in, they're not going to probably update those apps. And then that's a way to like weed out some of the crappier stuff on the app store. I get it on paper. Um, the problem is that when it happens to somebody like this, where, like I said, two-person studio, small time, and the real problem with them is that all of their games are created in Unity, and Unity, not too long ago, switched to a subscription model that's not cheap, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, this actually happened to their previous game, Raster Prime, in 2021. I just didn't catch on to it at the time, but basically, they got the same notice from Apple and so what they did at that time was they rebuilt it in a um, a shareware engine called Godot that a lot of people use nowadays. Um, they essentially rebuilt it from the ground up in this open source um, engine so that they would have more control over what they do with it, right? Because um, they weren't going to like license Unity again, and they would have had to to recompile a new version of the game. And so they ended up rewriting it, releasing it as a remixed version, not re-releasing it on iOS, which I I don't know if it was out of spite or if there was a technical reason or whatever, but they re-released the rebuilt game on, on desktop and Android, but not iOS. Um, but that's not like a great solution, right? So if your game can't be updated for whatever reason, you can't be like, well, let's rewrite it from scratch. You know, yeah, like yeah. that's a huge undertaking. <clears throat> and they're also busy with other projects that are, hopefully paying their bills so it's not like they can drop everything and just update this repulsive game which is finished is working totally fine and there's nothing wrong with it and there's no reason to update it so 
Yeah, it doesn't the, make sense. It probably doesn't sell a ton nowadays anyway. But and the, the the bigger thing that a lot of people don't realize, and we went through this a lot with Game Club, is that like there's a there's a pretty heavy lift sometimes to just like get your game working in a new version of Unity or a new yeah. version of Xcode or whatever. Because like big time, they make small, uh, but but small but sometimes significant changes to just like the way that like simple foundational things work. And like if you're yeah maintaining your game over time it's like oh there's a new unity point release oh these two things changed okay cool like no big deal we'll just go in and kind of tweak these things okay cool it's working again we cleared that error message yeah. up we can compile it yeah. and upload and everything else but the problem is like when you don't touch your game for you know five plus years or whatever like those tiny little things that you know would have taken you no time at all if you were you know going from version to version to version along the way right. have snowballed yeah. into like okay now there's like 30 of those things yeah. And in the meantime, we've changed one of the things that we added to. So you yeah. have like multiple layers of complexity to um, this kind of stuff. And it's just, I don't know. It, so it's it's really not as easy as being like, all right, well, I'll, I'll upload a new version. Who cares? Hit like, the update button. Yeah. 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 It's like super not how it works, you know? Yeah, so. exactly. And and so unfortunately, that actually answers one of the the email questions is like, why can't they just do a new icon mm -hmm. update or something like that? Like you really you can't there's a lot more hooks into everything um and so they would have to have the updated version of unity and you know whatever else um so it's kind of just not not possible to do that um but and so when the raster prime thing happened in 2021 and they went through all this before um they actually appealed to apple they sent them their contact and a message and were basically like hey um we don't need to update the game you know like i feel like this is kind of unfair like the game works fine there's no updates yeah. planned for it it would be kind of like impossible for us to update or whatever and they just heard didn't hear anything back at all from apple and then the game got pulled so um yeah this this kind of stuff makes you wish that like apple had some kind of different mechanism that is more than just like pay us hundred dollars a year and you can do whatever you know like if it was right. a matter of like hundred dollars a year per game or per like app store listing or something like uh, yeah. I, I definitely see what they're like, this is one of those things where like on paper i understand the problem they're trying to solve and yeah. this is seems Same. like a good solution to that right because there's a lot of i mean no one would look at the app store google play or any of these i mean fuck even steam and be like mm -hmm. uh yeah there's no junk on here everything on here is good uh <laughs> everything else there's, there's like a lot of crap i mean like yeah um and and that's just kind of the way it is so I, I get the desire to purge crap mm -hmm. but you know i just wish it was like hey uh you know we got to re-up this game for another uh year so you know like if we don't get you know what we're gonna i, I don't know how you know, it's some simple way to keep well, it going. I, like particularly if the game functions right because doesn't the game yeah. it, like works and everything only totally like, works yeah hasn't been broken by ios or anything like that yeah. um yeah i think uh I think the my biggest problem is, is that when a situation like this comes up, I'm fine with the policy, except when something like this comes up and there's nothing to be done. And that can be yeah. said for so many different Apple policies, right? Where it's like, this seems really unfair in my specific situation, but there's no recourse. Yeah. And that's the problem is not having a recourse. And so I think if you get this sort of notice, that's probably very automated um, and you have somebody you can reach out to and be like, Hey, um, I don't think our game needs to be updated. You can put it, re-review it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. make sure it's all working and nothing's wacky about it so that we can at least keep it on the app store as the version it is without updating it again. And then kind of you get 
you get flagged like, okay, cool. Well, you're good for the next another three years or whatever. There should be something like that. And the yeah. the fact that there isn't is the problem, I think. Not yeah, so much I, the I, or, itself. Like something else, like you know, like download threshold or like average rating or like I don't know, yeah. like something that is more than just like, oh, you haven't updated this and see ya, you know, like well, yeah. Well, Raster Prime was, I don't know about Repulsive, but Raster Prime was like almost five solid five stars and quite a few downloads maybe yeah. not so much any you know lately but it's a it was a popular game for its time and well-reviewed and stuff like that so to call it a low quality app just isn't correct um and it's not broken or it wasn't broken you know what i mean so it just doesn't make sense that there's no recourse i don't really have a problem with the policy but yeah. this is just true of apple like you how many times have we seen someone be like well, I submitted an update and I got rejected and it's kind of of a nebulous reason and I have nobody I can reach out to and get any clarification. And so I'm just kind of stuck. I mean, I have the Touch Arcade app. So yeah, no, 100%. Um, yeah, it, Apple just not being reachable and not being willing maybe to have conversations is is the part of this problem, I think. And it sucks because now a good game is going to disappear forever that maybe wasn't getting downloaded thousands of times a day, but if somebody out there was like missed it the first time around and was like, man, I wish there was like a really chill, like hoverboarding game I could just play. Mm -hmm. And it was paid, you know, no in-app purchase stuff or any baloney. Uh, wouldn't you want them to be able to find that yeah. and download it, even though it's came out years ago or whatever. So yeah, it's just really I don't frustrating. Know. I mean, it's, I get it though. It's like when you had a like enormous library of MP3s, it just got to a point where it was like impossible to manage things individually anymore. So you just had to be like, all right, I'm deleting everything that's under 120 kilobytes and yeah. Fuck yeah. It. You know, like yeah. And so going back to these email questions too, um, could they update their icon and just be good? No. I think we explained why. Um, yeah. Why do you think it is Apple doesn't respond to developers when a situation like this happens? Is it staffing or just the sheer quantity of apps? Um, I would say that can have a lot to do with it. But going back to what I was talking about before, the assets flipper shovelware releaser guy, um, say he was doing this 10 years ago and doesn't anymore, gets this notice. That guy's probably not reaching out to Apple, right? So I would say like the majority yeah. of apps that get re get removed because of this policy, just auto removed. Probably nobody's really like keeping an eye on it anyway. Um, it's really yeah, just almost... games like this that some that people care about and the developers still do care about. They just don't update anymore yeah. that would want to reach out to Apple. And so I don't think that would be too many people for Apple to at least respond to and engage with. Yeah, I almost um, wonder if there's a, a system where it's like, and I know I've seen this to other places in, in a different context where it's like, uh, to prevent this from being spammed, like mm -hmm. it costs ten dollars or you know some some uh, irrelevant amount of money to like do mm -hmm. this thing. But if your thing is legit, we just refund you the ten dollars kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the the like some some sort of appeal process where it's like, hey, you know, you can submit your app for appeal for on the quality standards. It costs a little bit of money, but if we approve you you will you get it back kind of thing to do you, or, or something like that this way the shovelware people from yeah because because like yeah then the asset like particularly if they are very clear about like this is what we consider a high quality app right now it's a mm -hmm. app that runs you know on full screen on our latest devices um yeah. you can know, make it very clear cut right mm -hmm. and if your app doesn't do that like and, and you go through this process like you're going to lose mm -hmm. whatever you put into it um yeah. 
Because yeah, I think that would dissuade like the, you know, asset flipper spammy guy yeah. that has just shotgun like 500 different like driving simulators yeah exactly on the app yeah. store because we wouldn't you wouldn't yeah. bother doing that for every single one right yeah so no I, that's that could be a or maybe solution. just like have it have it be like um how you can i don't remember what the, it's very low limit like you can request like one expedited app store review per mm -hmm. yeah i don't remember the quarter it, or something yeah, like that. Some, yeah something like that like like something like that that like allows you to have some human interaction with with yeah. this sort of thing yeah. on a limited basis to at least like open that channel of communication instead of like being like well yeah. the robot says my app is junk so it's just going so yeah. yeah right no i th there needs to be some sort of recourse for something like this especially when you're a store hosting something that's for sale right so like yeah. there's some monetary livelihood stuff behind all this and to just be like sorry, the game you were making maybe 50 bucks a year on or whatever is just gone now. Like that's not cool yeah. uh, to not have a way to even engage and talk with that person about the problem or, or whatever. Just be like, see ya. Um, that's not okay. So I think the Apple solution, like you said, having some sort of system set up to prevent people from just abusing the system and, and just having actual people that care contact yeah. Apple about it, but having any avenue whatsoever to engage with the developer with apple is i think a solution here and um yeah i mean i, I still think that uh, some kind of uh, like making it a, a per app fee instead of a per developer mm -hmm. fee would go such a long way to just filtering out the crap on the app store right? i mean because like if you if you didn't think that you could uh make a hundred dollars on your $99 a year on your game or app or whatever. Or mm -hmm. if if you're releasing a free utility, like if you can't get enough community support to raise the hundred dollars, mm -hmm. like I don't know if your thing really should be on the app store. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. There'd be like weird exceptions to that too, I guess. So yeah. But but either way, like like just whatever stops the people shotgunning bullshit onto the app store. Uh because because all the people are doing is just like rolling the dice on like the search game, right? Is like just hoping yep. that their wacky driving simulator uh yeah. like for example this is like when flappy bird got taken off and all of a sudden it yep. was like when you search for flappy bird it was like oh here's all these people that won the search lottery today with like yep. flappy <laughs> driving simulator 5000 or whatever you yeah. know um yeah, yeah i uh i see it firsthand because i go through the releases weekly and so um oh man my stupid computer thought i said the s word oh no Go away. How do I make it go away? <laughs> um, yeah, of course you didn't get that, Siri. Um, I just said it again. Sorry. Say the word. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I see it weekly because of doing the new releases. Um, and it, it's exactly like you described. There's like a guy that releases the same open world driving game like GTA Engine Clone in 50 well, can, flavors of seo keywords yeah you can buy those every, on the like on the unity app store or mm -hmm. the asset store or whatever you just buy like the framework yeah. for that and then just and then there's like a guy that times does, and that's released like 700 um escape room games and then there's like you know i mean there's any genre you can think about there's somebody that's just just uh foie gras goose <laughs> uh tube feeding new games to the app store in that genre and it just is annoying. It, it was annoying for years to have to sort through all that stuff to try and find the good games. So um, it's still a problem now. And uh, 
yeah, I don't know. This this automated system isn't good because we lose cool games like this. So um, to wrap things up, it's free. Repulsive is the name of the game. It's a cool hoverboarding game. It's free now, so go grab it while you can. It should continue to work and barring anything crazy, um, but at least so people can enjoy it before it's gone because it will probably be off the app store in a few months when their whatever expires and it gets auto yanked. Yeah. Um, and that just kind of sucks. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I just, it's like such a shitty situation for every, including Apple, really. I mean, like they, right. like, I don't, this, I'm sure this is talked about over the course of like dozens of meetings, right. Of how do we solve right. this problem? And mm-hmm. probably a lot of passionate opinions on all of, you know, all kinds of stuff that they could do. And yeah, I don't know. Sucks. Well, the net result too is like, um, punk labs now is sort of like might just skip ios right because they're like i don't want to deal with this stuff again and we're yeah. doing okay releasing things on desktop and android so why even bother I mean, that's, anymore that's the biggest bummer of the whole thing is like you know i i bet if you put a list together of like mid to high tier developers that have basically come to that same conclusion Dude. like it would be enough that you would think apple would be like all right well maybe let's like rethink how we do this because like right. we shouldn't our platform shouldn't be known as like yeah i don't know if you're releasing a game and you don't like really want to get hyper into supporting mobile like just release it on android and call it a day yeah and, yeah you no know, i guess release on ios but don't expect it to last forever kind of thing like which seems yeah seems like a weird place to be well it would for sure be a, a superstar list of developers too where you're like oh samogo like uh mm you know, Lambeer, although they're sort of around, like, uh, you know, yeah. so many that have been like, had their whatever issues come up and have been like, have sworn off Apple basically and moved on to other things. And like, that is a shame because a lot of those people started on mobile too and made their name. And now they're not even there anymore because of all the bullshit they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And that is shame. Where would we be now if Samogo had crazy good support and didn't have to because I think one of the things that turned them off is this exact scenario where they had to update their games. I think it was the 32-bit thing, but whatever the case, they had to go yeah. back and put a ton of time and money into updating all their games again. And I think they were just like, man, screw this. Let's go to Steam. Let's focus on Switch, you know, whatever. Yeah. But like, imagine a world where Samogo was just free um, to focus on just making awesome mobile games because, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't like to think about it. Anyway, um, running a little long. I still got to take a shower. So <laughs> thank you again to uh, Connor and to shoes for emailing in. And if you would like to email in with anything at all, podcast at touchergate.com is how to get a hold of us. And we love getting emails. So please do so. Um, so thank you again for listening to this week's episode. And as always, you can check us out at patreon.com forward slash touchercade, throw a little support our way, or you can help us out by doing your Amazon shopping through touchercade.com forward slash Amazon. With all that out of the way, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Touch Arcade Show. See ya. Uh, how do I push stop? There we go.